Hello and welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Jim Rugg. I'm Ed Piscor. Want to remind everybody at the top here that we have a Cartoonist Kayfabe Patreon now available. Different levels there will give you access to our videos early and the top King Kayfaber level will give you access to our recording sessions where you can beat the kayfabe effect on some of these books that are hard to find or expensive as the videos drop. It'll also give you some access early to uh, whenever we have guests on that we're interviewing. We like to talk to the King Kayfabers and get some feedback with them as we prep. So check out that Patreon and see what level suits you. We also pay our bills by selling our comic books. So I want to remind everybody of my latest books, Hulk, Grand Design, Street Angel, Deadliest Girl Alive, The Plain Janes, and coming soon, Street Angel, Princess of Poverty. Ed has Red Room, the third season is coming up for pre-order now. The first two issues of Crypto Killers are available for pre-order, so let your store know that you want to add those. X-Men Grand Design and WYSIWYG and Hip Hop Family Tree. There's also a new secret project that is going to be announced probably in the next week or so from Ed Piscor. You can find it on his link tree if you can't wait that long. So check that out, add our books to your collection, and help pay the bills at Cartoonist Kayfabe. So today, we're going to look at Conan the Barbarian Exodus by Isad Rebic. I believe he's a Croatian artist that has been painting comics. He comes out of like an illustration painting background, but he is often, I see him doing these covers that are painted cover artists, looks good, been working in comics since at least 1997. So I brought an older piece to kind of like look and compare. Bit of a color outlaw comic, uh, Shotgun Mary, this issue, but... Conan the Barbarian Exodus is the reason for this video. I picked this up recently at a local comic book store and was surprised to find out it's 2019. This was kind of, you know, these comic stores that have their new comic book rack and they just keep adding to it. So I was in there and I was looking around. I had not seen this before. Caught my eye and I start looking through it and it's a wordless comic. Yeah. It's a painted comic. It reminds me, Ed, we have looked at a few Marvel comics. We've created a few where it's the work of one writer artist doing everything themselves. That's my favorite kind of comics. Yeah. So I applaud Marvel whenever they, or DC, whenever they do this kind of creative storytelling. And um, this one, even more exciting to me because of the wordless nature of it. So figure we'll kind of go through it. I think it's a really good fit for Coney and the character because one, he's a barbarian and you're going to see, where are you going to put words in this? He's fighting wolves and things. He's fighting for survival out on his own so Good. if he's talking he's talking to himself great colors man when you introduce the warm colors in that way you know that like that's a storytelling uh element man is no longer daytime thing the time has transpired conan as a property conan as a marvel property is a fascinating uh subject to talk about in general because when you set up your pedigree with barry windsor smith grow with barry smith growing into barry windsor smith yes and then handing it off to like Gil Kane and, and uh, John Buscema, it creates very high goalposts for people. And from that point forward, even when it goes to like Conan magazines and Marvel, the black and whites, nobody wants to be the dud. Right. It seems like everybody brings their A game to Conan material. Maybe they're Robert E. Howard fans to begin with, or just BWS Buscema fans, but everybody really tries to show up. You never see a dud Conan comic. Uh, so it just, it brings out the best of the people who choose to participate in it. Yeah, I think for a long time too, when superheroes dominated the American genre of comics, 
Conium was uh, a way to draw somebody that wasn't in tights. Yeah. And I think that appealed to a lot of these artists. Certainly Busema. Yes, famously Busema. Uh, there's another one of those nice moments of color. But this opening bit is Conian first fighting a wolf and then trying to flee from the pack of wolves that are pursuing him through various places. And I love like the little details. After a long uh, bit of flight, whenever he finally finds some water, he just kind of goes face down in that water to get a drink. You know, there there's a... Is he a young kid here? I think he is young. That's my reading of it. And there's not a lot of context uh, for that part. Like, he's I don't small. know that this is based on something either. Yeah, he's small. Like, he's he's kind of skinny. And he's kind of just like a feral teen or something. Feral boy. Absolutely. That's, that's how I read it. Me too. And it works really well while he's, like, fighting animals and competing with them for resources and feeding off the stuff that he does catch almost like an animal would. You know, where it's like, it's a mouse. It's something to eat. Reminds me of, like... Mad Max Fury Road, the yeah. beginning when he stomps yeah. that lizard. But going to that point of like almost animal-like, it's survival. You know, this is a, a character that is super tough surviving in a very harsh environment. And and it, and, and it, he's not without flaws, as, as we will see. Uh, when it comes to color, like cutting the one warm color like through the yeah. character is an easy way to make sure that you recognize the focal point of the illustration. 100%. And this is stuff like... I always go back to Toth on composition where like his illustration is put a black dot in the middle of the white paper and that's where your eye goes. Put that yellow in the middle of all your blues and cools and that's where your eye goes right to the character. Yeah, I forget. Like I remember an assignment at the Kubert school where it was like use like all cool colors or warm colors and one of the opposite and it was called something like an analogous color combination mm -hmm. or something like that. And, and that's exactly what that panel is. Yeah, like I said, he's been painting since at least sometime in the 90s is when he shows up on these American shores. And uh, so it's it's somebody with a lot of experience in color, uh, something a lot of cartoonists don't have necessarily. This is that moment of finally, you know, after a long time, look how parched, like his lips are like busted open and cracked and stuff from yeah. the dryness. It's a funny expression of like finally finding water and just going face down in the water. I absolutely, that might be my favorite body language of this whole issue is just that face plant into the stream of just all the water I can absorb through my pores, through my mouth, desperation. And then it becomes that Leonardo DiCaprio. Yes. Uh, Alex uh, Academy Award winner. That's right. What was that flick called? Oh man. Grizzly man or grizzly. No, Man's no, song. that's the documentary. Ah, that's the, uh, that's the grizzly bear eating the guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. I forget what that uh, DiCaprio movie is, but it's shot in all natural light. I was a fan of that part, but yeah, fighting a bear. And speaking of fighting a bear, I love this moment where the bear is like falling over as it's running at him. Great moment. Great moment for, for a bear piece. This that is... said, this bear to me looks really small. Uh -huh. And it disappoints me because so much of the rest of the bear stuff, he looks like a monster. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it, and maybe to, to mimic his growth, like it is a smaller bear. Like if it was a Could big be. bear and he's so tiny, like it's trouble. Uh, this says a lot. Picture worth a thousand words. When you see fire and stuff over the... Like there's civilization over there. There's a whole town. It's like the city lights you know, over yonder. I'm so glad you said all that. At, at, you see it at night if you're like driving yeah. where you'll see like, you don't see the establishment, but you see the glow. Yeah. Uh, at least around here, right? We've got a bunch of hills and mountains and things in our landscape. So this is something that's so familiar, that visual. And I love how there's just a little bit, once again, man, that point of interest, like that's a small figure, draws you right in because of that hot pink Highlight on his shoulders, all it takes. Tenant of design, man. The other darkest piece is his hair right there. So you have the darkest and the lightest. Uh, if if you do 
mistake the focal point there. You got to get your Warby Parker prescription uh, a little <laughs> checked out. I love whenever he's killing this bear, we cut from there to the end results of like, let's put uh, put some claws on the necklace. Let's, a, let's show off what I just did so the next person maybe sees the necklace and doesn't challenge me. That's the thing. Uh, he, he's, he's doing some storytelling stuff here that's just not like moment for moment storytelling. Uh, it, right. It's good and it doesn't work in other spots. Yeah. I, uh, I reread this comic five times. Really? To just be like, what did I just fucking miss? It's really interesting because I assume this is digital and I don't know that for sure, but digital tools have come so far along. But if he's working on paper, man, he's doing some really great stuff with like wet media on wet media. Really interesting. I'd be curious and kayfabers might fill us in if this is actually on paper. The other thing that he does a lot is he signs these individual pages and I am such a fan of artists doing that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, this is kind of another example, like where you have all these cool colors, but then you have just like that little piece of warm against the blue. This is sort of the stuff that we kind of always talk about when we're pointing out the bad color in comics. Yeah, very true. Very true. I love the resourcefulness, the, the bits of characterization that he slips in here in a wordless comic, like, all right, we've obviously gone through a, uh, a battle here or, or come upon a battle after in the aftermath. Let's scavenge. Yeah. Let's get a helmet. Let's get a horse. Let's get some armor. You know, it's almost like in the video game, like you're, uh, you found your health bonuses. Yeah, totally. Like load it up, man, because who knows what's coming next. And it feels like the entire time he's looking for food. And I think about Street Angel this way. Sure. Like that's always a piece in Street Angel of like always looking for something to eat. It would make sense with a barbarian thing. Because yes. it's like you're not, you're not, uh, you didn't command uh, hunting and gathering. That's exactly so, it. So it's like your entire motivation is just to to live to see another day until until you can harness those uh skills uh working a lot on the four tier panels or four tier pages to uh to pack a fair amount of story in here i'm also very impressed because i don't know if there is more conan along these lines but I found this issue to be pretty satisfying as a complete little Conan, like a short story, but a, but a satisfying amount of story in here. For no words, that's really impressive. Gives Conan humanity. Uh, Conan caught an arrow. Yes. He got fucked up. Uh, yeah, you see him struggling even to get make it to his horse. And then, you know, as time goes by, he is worse for wear. Like, he is in trouble here. And it's also that thing that is done in wrestling where you can't get a fair pin on Hulk Hogan. So we have to diminish our hero a little bit to make it possible for him to even be captured. Yeah, absolutely. I also see stuff like, I, Mike Mignola comes to mind when I see this kind of composition. Sure. And I don't say that as anybody swiping from anyone, no, of course. but I do say it in that I like Mike Mignola compositions. Yeah. And I find this kind of thing, it's very easy to understand what we're looking at here in a relatively small amount of a, of a page. So I appreciate that stuff. You also get this, I get a sense of he has he has traveled some distance. Like from what happens on this page to when we see him on the page turn, sure. it's a different color palette. Yeah. Time has passed, maybe distance has passed, but it shows, you know, how do you mark this stuff visually? With yeah. no words, I get a sense some time has passed. Yeah. But yeah. of course, you're now approaching another bit of civilization and that means threats from humans interesting to handle your language this way so it's not a wordless comic exactly but it's a language that i don't understand and once again i think that fits a character like conan really well if you're traveling around ancient lands you probably would run it especially if you're conan i feel like you would run into these civilizations that you don't know 
Yeah, just different tribes and stuff. And now, are they going to sacrifice him? This is uh, out of out of King Kong or something that they've got him strung up here. So this next three pages, uh, you can explain to me. Yeah, this is uh, something that I am, am not sure of either, Ed. What we see is Conan at night in a bad place, man, tied up to these two stands, along with some other people who I think are being basically executed uh, for, I don't know what reason, but seems pretty hopeless. We have a moment of like Conan looking off into this tower that has one light on, and now we're back to the next day when a princess comes in and sees this guy slain in the middle of his bed, and we look out and Conan has escaped. Don't know how exactly that works. That's that moment I was also kind of like, what's going on there? Do we get any story from that? I don't know what story there is there. It's He escaped, maybe with or without the help of somebody, and uh, killed this dude and moved on his way. And the, the dude may be Stanley Kubrick. <laughs> I was thinking of uh, James Cazal or, or no, no, no. Who, who's the Passion of Christ? Guy? Yeah, I think that's him. I think no, that's I him. I was going to say Jesus. So uh, yeah. that would be, uh, at least we're thinking the same thing, if not the same exact actor. Yeah, so but, the storytelling falls apart at the end. Yeah, there's me. a little bit of confusion there as well. Um, and, and I do wonder if I missed something. Like, I feel like this story is pretty tightly depicted. So is there a clue that I just didn't see? Is like, there an, you know, like this is where I look at and think, is there something I'm missing here? here here's a thought. Here's a, I don't thought have it. here's a thought that came across my mind, man. And, and some of it has to do with like, we don't have any context for this guy. No. Zero. So it's me trying to figure out and put, put my own spin on it or something. So, so he's bound and there's the light. I'm imagining that this guy's sick or fucked up already and like this is like he just died so these guys are distracted like they're always looking there and like when the light goes out it's like oh fuck we lost our king and so like that's this is the moment that they get distracted and he can just escape like i I didn't even think of him as infiltrating the castle because i feel like that's a stab wound no it is Uh, and i wonder if it comes from this this guy guy. yeah well i wonder if that's the same guy Right, exactly. It's a bearded dude. Exactly. So, so it's not that that it's not that Conan infiltrated the castle to stab him. Like it's it could be the same dude, but like everybody's sad, and they're just distracted. But we have to figure out how the fuck he, Conan gets loose. That's the big question. Um, I love the light. Like we've seen the window from the outside a couple times. This little bit of like capturing the light on the part of, of Rebich is really cool to me. See, because here's the deal, like. Like, and it's almost like they're saying, like, you know, our king is dead. And these are the same guys that are standing right there. So they're just looking that way to get the news or something. And then that's the space to give Conan to disappear. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. I, I don't, don't know. either. Like, like it's, it's a flaw in the storytelling. If you're going to have a silent comic, uh, you got to be clear. It's, you know? good. it's, it's uh, pretty pictures, but you got to be clear. Definitely pretty pictures. And a couple of bonuses that are in here, the behind the scenes thumbnails. Yeah. I wish they were printed bigger because when you get to the bottom row, you'll see they're smaller than these. I can read this size pretty well, but some of these at the bottom to me get a little bit too small. And I wish there was a note of like what size these were done. Yeah. Because you see like there's a blue line, very rough. And then there's what looks like real pencil on top. I think these are done on paper and I love seeing it. It's so great to see like how people break down a story. I have no idea like if he wrote a little bit of a script to work off of, or if he was doing his writing in this form, like this could be the script that he worked from. Either way, I love it as a bonus piece. And it feels like we've looked at a couple of these. We, we looked at the, um, the Afro Samurai, the Star Wars issue, where it's like one person's vision to do these 
characters that he's connected to. And I feel like that's what you're getting here. And it makes me curious, like what other books like this Marvel or DC has done? Because sure. it's kind of a subgenre that I like. And I brought this one along. We'll do a quick flashback. I think it's a Color Outlaw comic. Yeah. This is an Antarctic Press book from 1997, and Rebich is doing the artwork on it. And I think this is probably paint on oh, yeah. paper because Definitely. it's... I think it's too complex for them to have done this in 1997. And the truth is, like, <laughs> the photography is low fidelity. Mm. And uh, I think it would have been sharper if it was a digital image, to be honest. Uh, so, yeah, I think it is it is painting. But look at this kind of stuff. So I don't know anything about Shotgun Mary, really. But I know that these compositions look like something out of an action movie. Yeah. And, like, these cool low shots. And, again, you see him signing his name on the pages. Kudos to that. But a pretty wide variety of language that he's bringing in too. You know, nighttime urban scenes versus these close-up violent gun battles. I'm also a sucker for uh, motorcycle comics. Yeah. So you throw the... Uh, this could have been a barbed wire comic. That's what it looks like. <laughs> Dark Horse. <laughs> yeah, Pamela Anderson was in the movie. And I don't know where this ranks like overall in, in terms of his uh, resume, but it's got to be pretty early, 1997. He does not seem like an old dude. I've seen some interviews with him. And uh, does not seem like an old dude. Love the incorporation of the lettering effects, which look like they're painted on there. You know, those blams and kapows. I think that's part of the uh, the original art. So gotta love that. Full moon zine. I saw Steve McNiven was uh, scraping some some screen tone off of a full moon. <laughs> Called me out in the in his Instagram that's comments. That's fine. I love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I got a kick out of that. So great use of color. Look at that purple against the yellow. That's that's Corbin palette right there, man. You see the greens. Yeah, and you know, there's a lot of really bad painted comics. Right. I feel like this one's pretty, pretty darn good. Yeah, it's true. And and you know, this is like after Alex Ross shows up, and then people start painting a lot more because because that's the thing. There are these movements when when Bill Sienkiewicz in the '80s yes. does the first stuff. Then you get all that like innovation comics and and Rice bullshit, you know. And then when Alex Ross comes onto the scene, you get more painted comics all over again. Dagger and the jugular there. Look at the shadow of blue, you know, rather than just yeah, using black. Yeah, that's really nice. Yeah, there's a lot of good moments, you know, because the other thing that the painters will uh, fall down on is they might be able to do a good static image. Yeah. But let's have characters bouncing around and moving and contorting bodies. Right. It's a lot tougher. You get all that here. So kind of a fun, this was a dollar pool a couple, not too long ago I got hold of this and was just like, yeah, this is this is great looking stuff. Part Western, part biker gang kind of fight comic. Liked it all, so I had no idea this existed. It's uh four years old at this point, Ed. I don't even know what's coming out anymore. Let's call it the best Conan comic of the decade until proven otherwise. There huh? you go. That's the name of the video. Sure. Good to go? Yep. K Fabers, like follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell, we'll notify you when new vids are available. And we do have a Patreon. Uh, our King K Fabers are watching us live stream this video at this very moment, and uh, they get access to all the videos once they're edited before anybody else, completely mitigating the K Fab effect. They get the cheapest copies on the aftermarket. But our videos are brought to you by the books that we make, and uh, those books include a Red Room Crypto Killers 1 and 2, which is being solicited by your store right at this very moment. Have a big announcement coming up soon, but if you go to my link tree, uh, the very top thing, you're going to see what it is. Uh, it is a 10-year anniversary of Hip Hop fam Family Tree. Four volumes of that are out there. There are two volumes of uh, Red Room in the wild. Uh, there are three X-Men Grand Design comics out there and you may find WYSIWYG but Jimmy tell the people what you got Hulk Grand Design Street Angel Deadly Squirrel Alive and The Plain Janes are my latest books that are available coming very soon Street Angel Princess of Poverty which will complete the Image Comics Street Angel set get both of those Street Angel books you'll have all of the Street Angel comics that exist up to this point 
You can also join me on patreon.com slash jimrug where you can see a lot more of my work, download out-of-print zines and mini-comics, and see what I am working on next. I should say I am serializing uh, the new Red Room stuff on my Patreon before it hits paper, too. Hit the link tree in the description uh, below this video. But, Jim, tell the people how how else can they uh, support the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel. Subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts, merchandise, hats, fanny packs, and lots more at our spread shop. That link is also under this video. Another great way to support the channel. Give them those marching orders, Jim. We'll be on our way. Read more comics.